Welcome to the Brandon Bloom Podcast, the place to be to learn how to grow your business's visibility online organically. I'm your host, Liz Fleming. Let's dive right into this new episode. What the what? Welcome back, bloomers. (laughs) I'm in a singing kind of mood today because I'm bringing you a bonus episode that is so fire. It's legit going to... Blow the minds, people. It's going to blow minds. <laughs> I'm talking to the fabulous Michelle Winterstein, so let's dive right into it. Michelle is the brand designer and creative director behind MKW Creative Co., a freelance brand design firm helping to define, design, build, and grow vibrant brands for social media-minded entrepreneurs. As a fourth-generation female entrepreneur herself, Michelle and the MKW CC brand focus on sharing tips for budding business owners and creative junkies. Michelle is a diehard foodie and avid traveler with over 50 countries under her belt since starting MKW Creative Co., formerly MKW Graphics, in 2014. Michelle now lives in sunny San Diego, California, creating content with an undeniable West Coast energy and punchy color palette. Michelle's brand voice is casual, honest, but also a little sassy, which creates great online rapport among her followers and also on behalf of the brands she works with. Michelle, welcome! Yay! Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) So, 50 countries? (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. That just I did a lot of traveling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, let's start at the beginning. How did you get here? Sure. So I started my business actually as a college student. Um, Between my junior and senior year of college, I studied fine arts and art history at the University of San Diego and really always loved business. I come from um, a long line of female entrepreneurs in my family, so it's not a huge surprise that I would kind of jump down that road. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be an architect or a curator or um, I loved the fine arts seen. Um, but I had an internship and realized that it was just an office job and I got really disappointed (laughs) that, uh, I was going to have to be stuck inside because even on my internship, I would have days where, you know, the coffee just doesn't kick in the way you want it to. And it's like, man, I'd love to go take a nap, but I was at a desk and working on, on projects and doing kind of project management and event management with them. And I just realized I wanted to be in a little more control of my day. Um, than having to show up at an office. So I kind of knew Mm. that that was going to be my path. I didn't really know in what variety. Um, But when I graduated, thankfully, my parents said, yeah, try this freelancing stuff. And if you hate it, go get a job. So that kind of gave me permission to explore and learn and try to get clients and figure out how the hell I was going to market myself and what I was going to (laughs) offer. So that's been, that was 2014 into 2015. And then, um, yeah, I pretty much never looked back. I never ended up getting a salary job anyway. Yeah. Um, but my business has evolved pretty massively since then, I'd say. Um, and now I'm kind of in this new season of business where I'm starting to hire a team and kind of become more of a full stack creative agency, um, which is super exciting. But in that time also, I spent three years doing the digital nomad scene. So I was traveling and working abroad. I didn't have an apartment. I didn't have a dog or a car. I've got the dog in the car down now. (laughs) Now it's the next step. It's an apartment. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at. But uh, yeah, some of the best experiences ever. And now because of COVID, I'm so thankful I traveled as much as I did when I did because I think the world's a much different place now. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. You got lucky there. I'm like, damn, I've barely been anywhere. (laughs) Um, so I love that you got into branding and graphics. Like you guys definitely need to go follow Michelle on Instagram. What is it? It's MKW creative co creative.co creative.co. And I'll put it in the show notes. But, um, so the story is I had been following Michelle for a bit and then actually another guest on the podcast, Lauren Allen, who I'm sure you guys have listened to that episode. She's amazing, but she knows Michelle as well and put us in touch. And it was kind of um, like this full circle moment. And I was like, oh my God, it's Michelle Winterstein. And so (laughs) she's someone that I've admired. She creates such beautiful work. So I'm telling you guys to go check out her Instagram and her website so you can see what we're talking about here. But Michelle, I would love, I know a lot of my listeners are still trying to, I don't want to say perfect, but get in their groove with like their Instagram and their graphics. So I would love to hear from you if you've got a few tips you want to share um, to help them kind of combat that overwhelm and that stress. Let's hear it. Yeah, of course. I think the biggest thing when it comes to social media marketing on behalf of brands is that they don't, they're not working with consistent ingredients. I'm a foodie. So everything that I have is food analogies. So bear with me. On that. <laughs> but what I'm doing with my clients is basically helping them come up with their ingredients so that no matter what dish they cook, it pretty much tastes like it belongs together. Um, so if you think about this in terms of cuisine, right, there's going to be certain flavors in Southeast Asian cuisine versus French cuisine versus uh, Mexican cuisine because they're, they're working with different ingredients. It's the same thing when you think about a brand, right? Like you're going to use this mix of ingredients to make pretty much anything. And your ingredients would be like your logos, your colors, your fonts, patterns, icons, photography, etc. Mm-hmm. So my job as a brand designer is really to give my clients those ingredients because once you have your ingredients you're not spending so much time shopping at the grocery store is this analogy making sense i love it so i think a lot of i think a lot of clients get stuck and new business owners get stuck because they didn't go through the branding process and so every time they go to make something it's like walking into a supermarket you're like well, what if I want to go over here, over there, over here, da, 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 da. And what I'm trying to say is like, no, you just stick in this aisle. Like, this is your aisle. This is where your people are. We don't need to go over here, over there, be distracted by what's over here. Like, let's stick with your ingredients. So that way you're not spending so much mental space trying to recreate the wheel every time. And that's yes. really what good brand is. It's sticking within your ingredients and knowing that everything that comes off of the behalf of your brand is going to belong together. Yeah. What hurts my heart and it probably hurts yours too is like just so many small business owners and solopreneurs, you know, they have limited resources and they don't make this part a priority and that's what holds them back. And I'm, I'm definitely a victim of that. I'm totally guilty. You know, when I first started out, I was just kind of like, this is a cute font. And so are these 50 other ones. And like, sometimes I'll use this color and other times I'll use this color and you know, nothing was cohesive. And now that I get that and I've put in the work, like it makes everything so much easier. It makes launches easier. It makes the special offers easier. It makes just day-to-day marketing stuff easier. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Um, what are your thoughts on programs like Canva, like do it yourself? Are you kind of like eek or are you like hire someone? I love Canva. Okay, good. I love Canva. I am a huge Canva fan and I really only got turned onto it probably about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, after seeing a designer friend of mine, she was using it really consistently. And I was like, I never even thought of doing a Canva for myself because I have, I have the full Adobe creative cloud. Like I don't need to also have Canva. She goes, no, no, you don't understand. Like the 
another food analogy. Brace yourself, right? <laughs> so the way I explain Canva to clients is like, if you're the chef and you have to make a, an eight hour roast, right. And it's going to take eight hours and it's all this prep work and you have to tend to it over and over again. And it's super complicated and you're using all these high tech methods, whatever. And then somebody shows up and they're like, here's an Instapot. Like it'll do all these crazy things in a fraction of the time. And you won't even be able to taste the difference. Like, hello, I'm going to use an Instapot. Like, I love the idea of doing this super complex and super strategic and kind of over the top method. But if the tool is going to deliver the same product, why wouldn't I use the better tool? And to me, Canva is a tool. That being said, there's a lot of stuff that Canva does that I think is not great. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of designers that will use Canva or, or clients that will use Canva as a substitute for working with the designer, I don't recommend yeah. that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I think it's like you're saying, it's really easy to get distracted by all the fonts, all the templates, all the graphics without having that overarching brand strategy, which I think a lot of businesses get in trouble with. Mm -hmm. um, that and Canva is not a substitute for an actual designer. A designer will be able to help you set like font hierarchy and your eye path on a print material or digital marketing or whatever, and making sure that things still look professional. I think sometimes Canva lacks professionalism, but yeah. on the whole, I'd much rather give all my clients Canva templates in their yeah. branding than for them to come to me <laughs> with every teeny tiny little request. As <laughs> so, so I'm a big fan of Canva. At what point, like, would someone like me, a newer solopreneur, small business owner, need to hire someone like you? I think that's where a lot of people struggle. They're like, well, if I have Canva, you know, I can kind of figure it out. But I know for me, I'm reaching a point where I'm like, all right, you know, some of my stuff matches, other times it doesn't. My grid for Instagram is kind of all over the place. That's annoying. But for the most part, I'm pretty with it. You know, but I just feel like certain parts of my business are branded well. But in the whole grand scheme of things, it could be so much stronger. So I feel like I just answered my own question. You know, that's, it's yes. probably time for me, <laughs> probably time for me to hire you, but you know, for someone else, maybe someone who sells products or, you know, mm -hmm. who isn't me with an online service, like when would be a good time for them to hire out? That's a great question. And the answer is that there is no great time, right? Just like move. There's no great time to move. There's no great time to get a puppy. There's no great time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but or that you can, Think about branding as an investment mm, mm -hmm. and getting a high return on that investment is something I really pride myself on with my clients. Um, then the better off you'll be. I think the, it comes time to brand when you feel that you're disjointed or you feel that your maybe your ideal client has changed, mm -hmm. your services have changed, or again, like the world is in a different place. Like what you used to bring to the table no longer serves that audience in that way. And it's time to kind of reconsider. Yeah. So that kind of falls in the category of rebranding. If you never went through the branding process in the first place and you were kind of a DIYer and pulling things together from Canva, which is fine, um, totally fine, then maybe your step to actually branding would be wanting to kind of hit that next level. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, I've done as much as I can on my own. And I'm just, I feel the need of like really elevating what I've got. And I know exactly who my ideal client is. I know exactly what my messaging is, what my mission, my vision, my ideal client avatar, like I've got it on lock. I just need someone to create the visuals that, that correspond to those foundational statements. Um, I have a whole podcast episode on this specifically, like Ooh, defining goody. your identity, which is episode <laughs> number four or okay. five, I think, we'll along the that, Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Yeah. That's a good place to start because I kind of talk about how these foundational statements really set 
um, the boundaries for building your, your brand's house, more or less. So um, having that in order makes it so that, yeah, you can change the decorations, like you can switch things out, whatever, that's fine on top, but that foundation really needs to be solid. And, and those come from doing the research and doing, in my process with my clients, it's spending the first third of it of their brand design project really working out like who do you want to talk to and how do you want to talk to them? What is your brand positioning? Who are your competitors? Like figuring out where your space is Mm -hmm. and so that the branding is the most effective Mm -hmm. is really what makes my job different than just straight up graphic design. Yeah. I, I feel such a deeper need for things like branding now because of how saturated online is. Like there's, there's only so much you can do by yourself to set yourself apart. You know, like with marketing, I'm an advocate for telling your story, leaning on your personal brand, but you, you have to be able to show that in a unique way. Um, so I, I kind of just want to switch gears and hear from you. Like, what was it like when you were like, okay, here I am. This is the thing that I'm doing. Now I have to brand myself and get myself out there. Um, like what steps did you take? Like how did this all kind of evolve to where you are now? Totally. Um, as a newbie baby designer, when I first started out, I thought the biggest compliment was somebody seeing my work and saying, oh my gosh, I had no idea you did that. It's so good. Because I had big time imposter syndrome, big yes. time felt like a phony and felt like I didn't go to school for design. I studied fine arts and art history, but everything graphic design related is self-taught like YouTube university. Hello. Mm-hmm. Like totally. I still do this. Find YouTube tutorials. How do I add this particular kind of drop shadow to this logo to get this effect that I'm after? Mm-hmm. Like it just, you kind of have to learn by doing in a, in a lot of creative fields you have to learn by doing, I think. Definitely. Um, so if I designed something that someone thought was professional, I thought this was the biggest compliment, right? Because I felt like I'm sitting around in my pajamas and I was charging $15 an hour as a student and thought I was getting away with murder. (laughs) Um, So evolving past that. And I think getting to the point where I was confident in my work, where I was making stuff that I really liked and I wanted to share and wasn't just kind of work to pay the bills was kind of a shift for me. Mm-hmm. And I would say that was really in like my first full year as a freelancer, so like 2015. And then the first time that I paid someone else to take photos of me, I think was a big shift. Yeah. Um, and paying for brand photos and saying, okay, this is Ugh. my brand vibe now. Like this yeah. is my energy, right? And then showing up online with professional photos made a world of difference because I totally. like iPhone photography and like I know my way around some editing apps but I it doesn't really compare to I'm gonna pay another professional with a nice camera <laughs> to actually capture yeah. images of me because I want I want my audience to know like this is who you're working with and this mm-hmm. is how I show up for you it's professional and and well lit and organized and consistent and bright and fun and happy but not um just kind of like an iPhone selfie yeah Oh my gosh. When I got my, I've had two sets of branding photos taken and it was so different how much it changed, like the whole aura of my business and just how I operated within it. You know, I Mm -hmm. took myself more seriously and it just made talking about my business so much easier and sharing it with others so much easier and more fun. It was a great investment. 
I'm a huge advocate for that and like keeping up with taking those regularly because you will run out of them and they will go out of date as soon as you take them. But there's almost, there's so many creative ways to use brand photography too. I think that a lot of people get stuck. It's like, okay, I'm really going to pay someone to make a, a, take photos of me that I'm just going to post on my Instagram and never use again. It's like, that's not it at all. I use Mm -mm. them in my marketing. I use them on my website. I use them um, for opt-ins and social graphics and in my Facebook group. they really do have this long lifeline, especially if you love the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of want to use them for everything. And then it's kind of this, uh, the the cartoon character syndrome, right? Where it's yeah. like, you want to show up consistently yeah. enough online that someone could see somebody else on the street wearing something and be like, oh my gosh, that reminds me of you. Or they find, for me, it's hats, right? I've always yeah. loved hats. I was traveling <laughs> for a long time. And the hat thing kind of became my motif, which has nothing to do really with brand design. It has everything to do with me and my personality. And now people have, have combined the two things into yes. one being like, okay, I see hats. It makes me think of you. And that's great because that's brand recognition in a nutshell. And it gives me a great jumping off point that's relatable. That doesn't feel salesy, but it gives me a great opportunity to, to connect with people. Same thing is whenever I'm on a Zoom or any kind of interview, I'm always yellow. wearing yellow. Yes, that's Always what I think. With when, I, when I think of you, I think uh-huh. of yellow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's working. That is by design, my friends. That is by design. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you guys, this is just a prime example of how not just branding works, but personal branding works. It's all about, I don't want to say selling yourself. That sounds very wrong. No, it is about selling yourself. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. you have to, yeah, <laughs> you have to show up and tell your story. You can't just hide behind the pretty logos and the pretty colors and the pretty fonts and all that jazz. You know, you have to go the whole way. Um, and so you can, those- you can hide behind it, but you're missing a yeah. huge opportunity. Oh, I think yeah. that's really what it is. And I think with a lot of designers that come through my Facebook group and such is like, they feel disassociated from their work in a way mm-hmm. so that they or they again don't want to expose themselves or they don't want to be out there and that's absolutely a personal choice I found humongous success by making my personality the cornerstone of my brand yeah because it simultaneously Same. attracts the right kind of clients and it scares off the ones that are the wrong type of clients exactly. if you don't like the fact that I cuss we're not going to get along if yeah. you don't like seeing pictures of my dog we're not going to get along so I'd much rather have that person go work with someone else. Like yeah. if they're going to get, they're going to be happier. I'll be happier. My ideal client is not everyone and nobody's ideal client should be everyone. That's yeah. the opposite of the point. Yeah. You know? When you, when you reach for everyone, you serve no one. Right. So that's, yeah. it's so true. And it's just a great way to find your ideal customer. Like you were just saying, like that is kind of the beauty of it. Plus it just feels so good to be, your whole self in your business and not separate the two. I've done a lot of workshops where people ask that question, you know, like my business is separate from me. Like, how do I make it personal? And I'm like, it's a choice. It's like you just mm-hmm. have to decide what you're comfortable with. And like you were just saying, there's potential and there's so much opportunity when you decide to kind of mesh the two together. Yeah, it was put really nicely by um, Alejandra Crisafuli, who I interviewed on my my podcast also. Um, she is a life and business mindset coach, mm-hmm. and she has this great kind of structure to what she teaches in that there's a divine feminine and a divine masculine, and you're in a relationship with your business. Like your business, although it is you, an extension of you, like 
if you think about yourself in a relationship with your business, you're both giving and taking from that relationship. Like you'd have a relationship with anything else. So you have to depend on each other, but then you also have to play to each other's strengths and weaknesses. And when you're in a, in a needy feminine or an aggressive masculine phase with your business, like things aren't going to really work out. You got to trust that the other person and the other entity is going to do what it needs to get done in order to kind of thrive symbiotically. Yeah. It's really interesting. She's got a great theory about it and I'm not even doing it justice trying to explain it now, but it was really thought provoking in, in that how we relate to our businesses um, from a, that personal kind of analogy was really fun to listen to. Yeah. I love that. Developing a relationship with your business. That makes so much sense. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, I think it's a trust thing too. It's like not just trusting yes. yourself, but when you put yourself out there, others trust you more and they want to invest in you more. Like it's just a natural desire. Mm-hmm. Like humans are programmed to connect with one another. So it only makes sense that when you're the one showing up and you're the one in the spotlight, things are going to kind of progress pretty naturally and pretty quickly. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear that. Um, this has been so amazing. We could keep talking, but I have to get to the last question now. So I always like to ask, what is that one thing that keeps you going in your business? Like what lights you up that inspires you to move forward every day? Ooh, that's a heavy a heady question. I totally just coughed, so I have to clear my throat. <laughs> but it's giving me time to think, which is really nice. Um, <clears throat> I'm very self-motivated in a way because I don't have a team and I don't have like quarterly reporting and I don't have a boss. Like I, <clears throat> I tend to set those li- limits for myself, those, those monthly goals or quarterly goals or yearly goals for myself. And then I try to, I'm in comp- constant comp- competition with myself too. So having all those layers in there, I think, it is one way to keep myself motivated probably too much. I'm a like self-proclaimed workaholic and I'm not great Same. at setting boundaries. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to and say that I've got like life work life balance figured out, especially during COVID. But, um, I think I'm, I'm super inspired and motivated by the lifestyle I want to make for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen my parents do that. My siblings, my, um, grandparents and like people in my family and the people that I admire the most are the ones that really are in full control of their life. Um, and that's why I was so drawn to the travel community for so long as well as I'm really motivated by that. And <clears throat> then everything else becomes a puzzle Yeah. because if that's the end goal, then working backwards from that, it's like, okay, how can I achieve these things that I want? And kind of peeling back the layers and figuring out, okay, what am I going to do today to get myself to there, to there? Mm-hmm. Um, and it changes and it yeah, mor- morphs and evolves and kind of, um, it's not always the same, but even having, knowing where I'm going or where I want to go helps because when things start to go sideways or I get distracted or, or projects don't end up the way that I want, it's like, okay, there's a lesson to be learned in that. And what am I going to take from this experience? That's going to help me even get closer to where I want to be. Um, so that's, what's most motivating, excuse me. And then the other thing that really motivates me is travel, which has been really hard to do recently. Um, but, but I think that yeah, I think the gratitude for all the places I've been and, and appreciation for the places I want to go and trying to navigate that in kind of the way that the world will be. I think it's, everything is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and different in a good way is kind of where I'm getting at is I'm yeah. really hopeful for the future of natural 
optimist. So I'm not, I'm not so downtrodden, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I've had a really great year this year with business and I know a lot of people aren't necessarily in the same spot. So right. it's also a thing of like, how can I give back and, and make sure I'm, I'm providing resources and assets and, and community for people that are stuck um, and kind of pass it on. In that yeah. Way. Yeah. That's great. Great. Insight. Multifaceted and, answer. <laughs> yeah. I love it. No, that's great. And it's, I really resonate when you say, you know, you set your sights on something and that's what keeps you going is like that internal drive. And I am totally the same way. Like when you say, like self-proclaimed workaholic, like same girl, same, like as I sit here in my closet recording this podcast episode. Totally. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's all about, you know, what you set your sights on. And then the beauty of it, like you said, is how it's always changing. Like, I'm always seeing these new opportunities as are you. And it's just keep, it keeps things so exciting. Like you just have to get comfortable taking risks. I think that's the best thing you could ever do in your business. So that's fantastic. And play, play to what you're good at. There's some people yeah. that don't like that. There's some yeah. people that don't like, uh, not knowing what they're going to do every single hour of every day. I'm just not that person. Mm -hmm. So I can never time batch my day down to the minute. That just yeah. does not work for me but I can time batch my week. Okay. So on Mondays I do this Tuesdays and Thursdays I do that and kind of split things up to kind of give myself some semblance of a structure. Yes. But then I also have the freedom to just absolutely throw that out the window and be like, oh, screw <laughs> that. I'm going to do something totally different. And yep. that works for me. Um, for some people that really doesn't work and that's fine. I think entrepreneurs just struggle and creative entrepreneurs specifically, they struggle with feeling like there's any, end insight to their to-do list. I get this mm -hmm. feeling as well. So the flip side of being a workaholic is like, man, I wish I had this in order or that in order. Da, 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 da. And the accountability thing, like that has to come from yourself. Like oh, I think yeah. it just kind of, I've got every two weeks, I have a call with some of my independent contractors and we have kind of tasks that we tackle all together. And it's a great way to keep myself accountable because if I have it written down and now I also have to report to people yeah. on the progress I've made, I'm like, Oh, like, oh, oh shit. Sure. Like, here we go. Like, <laughs> wow, I really should um, build out my website page for my podcast, which has been out for a month. And then the page never got built that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so it's never truly finished is the other kind of realization. Mm -hmm. And like, it's very humbling to know that nothing will ever truly be finished the way you exactly planned it to be. Um, but again, that's what keeps it fun, keeps it interesting. Yeah. And you kind of look back too. It allows you to look back and see what you've accomplished. And not a lot of mm -hmm. people do that. And, you know, I always say if you're ever stuck, like just stop, pour a glass of wine and think about what got you to this very moment that you're in right now, listening to this podcast wherever you are. You know what I mean? So it's, that's great insight. Now, um, where can people follow you? What should we do if we want more from you? Absolutely. So first and foremost, you can follow me pretty much everywhere at mkwcreative.co is my social handle. That is also my website URL. So that makes it really easy. Um, the Facebook group is called Kiss My Aesthetic and the podcast is also called Kiss My Aesthetic. So really easy to remember there. <laughs> so clever. New episodes every Tuesday. Yeah, it's my favorite little group and it's, I feel oh like has God. just the right amount of energy and sassy, sarcastic that makes it really fun. Oh, it's so um, good. Yeah. So that's a great place. And then, um, taking projects through the end of the year, which is exciting. I've got a free 15 minute phone call to anybody that wants to come hop over to my website. Um, it's linked to the big blue button on the bottom. You can't really miss it. Um, so if you've got a brand design project or marketing project that you just need some advice on or want to kind of kick around ideas, that's always available. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. much everywhere. The podcast, awesome. the Facebook group, social, 
Yeah. I think we covered all the bases. Yes. And I'll put all of this in the show notes for you guys so that you don't miss a beat. Thank you, Michelle, so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so fun. Yay. Thanks for having me. Yay. And you know, you guys, I am always here for you on Brandon Bloom Pod, in the Bloom Crew. You know where to find me. Remember, you've got this and I've got you. Have a good one. Did that go by too fast? No worries. You can always find me over at elizabethfleming.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-F-L-E-M-I-N-G.com. For more information about my programs and how to take your learning further with me, there's also a free marketing checklist that you can get your hands on right now if you'd like. So head over to elizabethfleming.com for more. And if you loved this episode, I would love it if you left a review in return. It helps so much. So tell your friends about it. If you want to share it on social, the official show hashtag is Brandon Bloom Pod. And you can also tag me everywhere. I'm at Ms. Liz Fleming. That's M-S-L-I-Z-F-L-E-M-I-N-G. Everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.